You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, this is going to be fun. So, who that Wednesday edition of Crunch Time here on the game? It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. What's going on? Matt Miguez here on this Wednesday afternoon. James Mesh, my producer and co host, sitting in the master control suite, pushing all the buttons. He's sad today, folks. He is an angry, angry man. And uh, we'll get into why in just a second. Uh, James, buddy, what's up? What's up, Matt? All right, let's let, let's let's get to it. The Saints have announced that Andy Dalton will start on Sunday over a healthy Jameis Winston. A Jameis Winston who was a full participant at practice today. Now. Look, they can call him healthy. I don't know that I buy that. He was a full participant at one practice. I'm not going to say that that's healthy. What I am going to say is that I don't like the move. But I'm also going to say that, let's be totally honest here, what other choice did they have? I mean, even if Jameis practices fully every day this week, that's three practices before the game? That's not enough time to have a game plan down. That's not enough time for him to, you know, knock the rust off and be back in the swing of things. Do I think Jameis appears in the game on Sunday? Yes, I do. I I do think that he makes an impact in the game. He's just not going to be the starter. However, I I think the Saints have really a a lot of bigger problems. But but I think the biggest one is, you know, you have seen the ramifications of not preparing for life after Drew Brees better. We said for years... We sat here for years and said the Saints need to go draft a quarterback that they can mold under Drew. That, you know, he sits down for two, three years, a.k.a. the Aaron Rodgers method, learns the system, and can take over the reins when Drew's Drew's ready to retire. Every offseason we said, is this the year we're going to get a quarterback? Is this the year we're going to make the move? And every single year we watched it go by where we draft a overrated offensive lineman in the first round. Cesar Ruiz, Anders Pete, so on and so forth. And now you're paying the price for it. You've got Andy Dalton, who's 33, 34, on the back end of his career, a, a journeyman backup. And then you've got Jameis Winston, who's... 28, has loads of potential, but can't put it together. And yes, injuries have derailed him the last couple of years. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. 
But even look when he was healthy in Tampa Bay, the guy couldn't put it together. So, I mean, either way, no matter which way you go, the team's going to be mediocre. James Winston is not bringing you to the Super Bowl. He's just not. Dude's not built that way. And and now, you, you know, he's got a two-year contract. Well, what what are you what are you going to do when that contract's up? You sign him again? You draft a rookie and play him as a rookie? Like, no matter what option you go with, it's not a good one. So I think the Saints, and then, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the defense. That's the bigger problem here. You have a defensive-minded head coach, and the defense got worse. There's no pass rush. The linebackers are the only position of the defense that have played worth a damn. And, I mean, outside of Pete Warner, they haven't been great. I mean, Demario Davis has been... Eh. He shows flashes. But, season as a whole, he's been okay. Secondary has been god-awful. Please tell me one player in the secondary that has consistently done something this year. I'll answer it for you real quickly. None of them. Not a single one of them. There's no pass rush. The secondary has struggled mightily. Now look, I will say this. Andy Dalton, with the weapons that he has on offense, he can do enough to keep the team in the game. He can score enough points to win you games. The problem is, is the defense is giving up more. Now, yes, everybody's going to say, oh, well, Andy Dalton threw two pick sixes against Arizona. Okay, two things there. Number one, bad games. Happen all the time. Number two, one of them wasn't even his fault. I understand he threw the ball behind Marquez Calloway. I don't want to hear it. What is the law of football that we have all been taught since the day we put on pads? If it hits you in the hands, make the catch. Make the catch. If you don't think you can catch it, don't touch it. Yes, was it behind him? Absolutely. So is Andy Dalton somewhat at fault? Sure. Marquez, it hits you in the hands. Make the play. Make the catch. Even if you have to fall to the ground to make the catch, make the catch. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, Andy Dalton's trash. You know, we're never going to win a game with him at quarterback because that's not true. Now, do I want Andy Dalton to be our starting quarterback for the next three years? Jesus Christ, no. No, I do not. However, over the next 10 games, Hypothetically, say Andy Dalton starts all of them. Can we go 5-5? Five and five? Yeah, I think we could. If the defense figures their issues out. 337-706-0111. If you want to get in on the game hotline, and as a reminder, here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast with Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber.
Andy Dalton will start a quarterback for the Saints. And according to head coach Dennis Allen, it was a, quote, offensive decision. Let's go to the hotline now. Martin, what's up, bud? Hey, buddy, I got to correct you on one thing, buddy. You said you can't name one player that has consistently done anything this year on the New Orleans Saints. Well, let me let me say they have consistently done something. They have consistently played bad. I mean, if you want to go that route, you know. I mean, but uh, I mean, but I I feel your pain, man. I mean, but at least you don't have a. I mean, you have a decent team in front of you, but at least you're not the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, how many good teams have ran through Dallas and haven't done Jack Diddley because our owners are narcissists and won't let our coaches coach. You understand that the Cowboys are the fourth best team in the NFL right now, right? Yeah, but what are we going to do when the time counts, man? I mean, we consistently make the playoffs and do nothing. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, until we get to the NFC Championship, then and it makes and and show a little bit of progression. I mean, it's the same thing every year, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, not the fourth. You're the seventh best team in the NFL, but still, I mean, you're a top ten team in the league. I'm I'm just saying. Well, you know, it's the same thing every year. We make the playoffs. I mean, didn't if I remember right, I think we had made it as a number one seed one year. And what did we do? We didn't do nothing in the playoffs. You know. I mean, I'm glad we're doing good. We're winning in the regular season. But like I've always said, I've seen this storybook already. That's fair. We we, we go in as a hot team. I mean, we've done it all. We're going in as the hottest team. What happens? We fall flat on our face. You know, but uh, back to the Saints, you know, this team is very far from being a Super Bowl contender. You know, I mean. Of course they are. I'm not a. I'm, I'm 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 not a Saints fan, but when they hired Dennis Allen, uh, I was like, man, that ain't the answer right there. But I right mean, right what now, do, what did the dude do in Oakland? Right now, yeah. I will. Right now, I will jump for joy if this team makes the playoffs. Exactly. I mean, I, I mean, it's a good thing y'all not in the East, huh? Because <laughs> man, y'all would have even longer a longer road. Longer, uh, you know it's ahead, you know it's you know? bad when the I mean, Commanders are a better team than you are. Yeah, it's the Falcons and the, and uh, what do you call them, Buccaneers team that's in in your uh, division right now. You know, I mean, but I mean, but yeah, that's all I had to say, man. I share, I, I understand the frustration. Like they have shown no, like no, no improvement whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's if anything, they gotten worse each game. You know, and then Dennis Island gets up there and tries to. Appreciate you, Martin. So yeah, the 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 Cowboys are twenty seventh in the league. You know where the Saints are? Let's talk about this. They're twenty ninth, twenty ninth overall. The only three teams on this particular ranking worse than them: the Detroit Lions, the Houston Texans, 
and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's it. The Browns are better than you. The Jags are better than you. Every other team in your division is better than you. You're not good. And I'm saying this as a diehard Saints fan. You're not good. You have a myriad of issues. You can't get out of your own way. And right now, you'll be lucky to finish 7-10. and 10. Lucky to finish 7-10. and 10. I mean, the Las Vegas Raiders are going to walk into the Superdome this Sunday, and they're probably going to be licking their chops doing it. Yeah, and, and we, we can add that on, too. How are you going to get better in the offseason? You don't have a first-round pick. Heck, I don't think you have a second-round pick. Now, don't get me wrong. Do I regret moving up to draft Chris Olave? Absolutely not. Do I regret drafting Trevor Penning? Absolutely not. I think those are going to be franchise pieces for us going forward. But you don't have a quarterback. You don't have a solid defense. You don't have a coaching staff. The issues that the Saints are facing, I mean, get the paper bags back out because it's about to be that era again. There is there is no inkling of confidence right now. None. Rockefeller, what's up? Who, who's who's not about a, a championship on this team, a Super Bowl? But come again? Who's not about that on this team? A Super Bowl, you, you say Winston wasn't about that? I'm, Dalton? I, I said Winston wouldn't be able to lead us to a Super Bowl. Oh, he wouldn't be able to lead us. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. yeah. With the team the way it is, I'm pretty sure he can't. I mean, last year it looked like he could have do it when he was really healthy and everything. He was leading the team, doing a good job before he tore his ACL. And it's funny how things change with, with um, like with some fans, you know, like the guy was looking great last year and everything, doing good. It looked like he clearly could have lead us somewhere, at least to the playoffs, and we will see what happens then. And then all of a sudden this year he comes out, he's not looking right, coming off an injury, playing hurt, offensive line not playing too great, play fall off, then he gets hurt or whatever. And now nobody really believes in him again, you know. So it's like, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't think we – if he's not the guy, I know Dawes not the guy either. So we don't have a quarterback, period, I guess, at all. So that, I guess that's, we didn't that's, what one, I'm, that's what I'm know? saying. And a lot of Saints fans that said they liked it Winston from the jump or they want Winston and crying for Winston, a lot of them people really don't really believe in him and don't want to back him. They just back him because he's on the team. But, you know, if he was somewhere else, we'd be hammered at him and talking about how he trash and everything. So I kind of understand that. There's a lot of fake people, too. But come on. If he's not good, Dawes not good either, so we don't have no quarterback. So what, 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 what are we going to do going forward? That That's the What's conversation the that I'm having. What are we going to do going forward? Because we don't have a quarterback. We don't have a lot of things, man. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, I agree with you. We, do, we I don't mean, have a head coach either. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, Dennis Allen, we got to give him at least two years, though. I mean, a lot of players hurt this year nope. and stuff, starting with the quarterback. Receivers in and out of the lineup, a lot of it you got to hurt and stuff. You got defenders hurt and everything, defenders missing games and stuff. So we got to give him another year or two to see, well, the the, the following season for sure, if everybody's helped on the team to see what he can really do with a good roster and stuff. But we got to have a quarterback, too, to kind of help that. So I don't know how good it's going to be for him without a quarterback and what can he do coaching-wise without a quarterback, a top quarterback on the team, if if that's the case about, about the quarterback situation. So I don't know, man. I don't know. We're in a tough situation right now with no quarterbacks, according to everybody, and the coaching is not good. So that's 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 not a good combination. Bad quarterbacks and not a good coach. I don't know. So I, I guess we're in some major trouble. So I guess we're in a kind of under the table rebuild right now. Yeah. Under the table, it's kind of you know it's going under the table like nobody really talking about it. We like transition year supposedly without Peyton there and all that. Switch to a new coach. We got Carmichael. But right now, we're kind of under the table in, in in a little quiet rebuild, some kind of way. But we got to get a quarterback out of this rebuild. So yep. if Winston can't do it, Dalton can't do it, well, nobody can. So I just tear this whole doggone thing down and start from scratch. We might as well because we ain't going nowhere fast. That's what, I, that's what I've been I'll saying. I'll up and listen. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it. And look, I get the whole you know Saints have a lot of injuries that can't that can only be an excuse for so long. Every NFL team deals with injuries. I understand that our injuries are coming at an inopportune time, but that that can only be an excuse for so long. I'm willing to give Dennis Allen more than the first season, but if you start out next season one and three, he's gone. He's got to be. He's got to be gone. His, if you add in his coaching tenure in Oakland, and I don't want to hear, oh, Oakland's a dumpster fire. I understand. It doesn't matter. You have to be able to produce. It's the name of the game. It's a business. If you don't win, you make a change. Plain and simple. You win with what you got. You figure it out. The best coaches find a way to do it. Look at the Green Bay Packers. They won a Super Bowl. And it's not like Aaron Rodgers had superstars to throw to. I mean, he had Donald Driver, who was a good receiver. But other than that, I mean, that Super Bowl run, he didn't have elite talent at wide receiver. He didn't have Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. The best coaches find ways to get it done. You just got to find a way to get it done. Take a timeout right here. When we return, we will talk more about the Saints and a bright spot in New Orleans and the New Orleans Pelicans right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 25 after the hour. Let's go to the hotline now. Jay, what's up? If 
Winston, if Winston would have had a game like Dalton's last week game, and Allen would have said, you know what, we're going to keep him as starter, you would be hot. I don't think you would like the move. You, I think you would come in and say, he threw two pick sixes. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so like I said, I want to see if, if Dalton had a game like that. and if, let's, let's see what he can do. Let, let's see what who can do. You know do. what I'm saying? Winston, if he's healthy. I mean, I, I agree. My thing is this. Where, where was his running game when Winston was a quarterback? Was that Winston's fault that they was that they weren't running the ball, or they weren't running no as well? Um, where was Taysom Hill? What were what was Taysom Hill? You know, using utilizing the way they use utilize Taysom Hill during Dalton's uh, tenure as quarterback. I would love to see Hill get it. And look, think about it. Look at that game against Atlanta. Hill got it and he broke on a long run. Yeah, you know, had a good game. Matter of fact. Um, yeah, like I said, man, I, to sit up here, I, I think Winston, this is his last year with the team. Uh, when you look around this league, this league, there's a lot of terrible quarterbacks in this league. Uh, players that they try to hype up, you know, not that good. I, I just, just... Just out of curiosity, Jay, like who? There's a lot of, ter- there's a lot of terrible quarterbacks. Look at Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, he's not having a good year. They, Matter of fact, they benched him for the year. and They, yep. they want to go young. Um yeah, uh, there's a number of teams. Right, right. Who else? There's a, like I said, Cleveland situation. Of course, uh, Watson's not playing. But this is the thing with me, man. The Saints there was ne- there was never sold. They were never sold on Winston. You know, they tried to get Deshaun Watson. Uh, that didn't work out. And I guess they felt that it was they were stuck with him. They, that's exactly so, how it happened. So why sign him? Because who else were you going to sign? Why not? Why not Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton's not a starter. Andy Dalton's starting quarterback. Andy Dalton's not a starting quarterback. Well, according to Dennis Allen, he's one. Uh, well, that's that's why that's why I've been sitting here. That's why I've been sitting here for the last week saying Dennis Allen needs to be fired. Now I agree with uh, Ron. You know, I, I don't think now a move. I don't know. I don't know a move like this. I, like I say, man, we, I, I want to see how they come out for, uh, that, uh, Sunday evening, Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon. Before I make any more uh, comments on the situation, um, because it, this this could get big, and uh, I, I see where you're coming from. I know last week, you know, we had a conversation about, you know, this this uh, franchise. They usually don't, you know, hook, you know, a quick hook when it comes to the uh, head coaches. Um, but who knows, man? This might be something new. Um, but I kind of agree with Ryan. Give him a, give him at least two seasons and. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, thank you. Appreciate the call, Jay. Yeah, I mean, would, would, would I like for Dennis Allen to work out as head coach? Of course. That would make things easy. Would I like for either Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton to be a 4,500-yard passer? Of course, because that would make things easy. But that's not the case. The Saints didn't plan well for their future without Nine and Sean Payton. They said, oh, we've got the best coach in the league. we got a top quarterback in the league. We're good. But then what happens when Sean Payton drops a bomb on you and says that he wants to retire? Then what? 
You knew Drew Brees was on the back end. Why didn't you plan for a quarterback? The 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 issues that the Saints are having, you know, we, we talk about the players and we talk about the coaches because they're the ones that you see. Nobody's talking about everybody likes to talk about how great of a GM Mickey Loomis is, and I don't necessarily disagree. However, the not planning for the future, that's kind of on him. It's his job to say, oh, look, you know, our time's running out with Drew. Maybe go draft a quarterback. Maybe go sign a quarterback. Do something. Hey, you know, Sean Payton's getting up in age. He's been he's been here for a while. Maybe we should look at a, a plan for if he retires. Always have a plan. Always. Should always have a plan. James has been very silent. I, I know we're kind of running out of time in the segment, but, I mean, quickly. No, no, no thoughts. It is time to cook up some gumbo for a very good cause. The Realtor Association of Acadiana is hosting its annual gumbo cook-off at Park International tonight from 5 to 7 p.m. The family-friendly event features a Halloween costume contest, music by the Rue Crew, and, of course, great gumbo from 26 teams of area realtors who are competing to earn the title of Best Gumbo. Tickets cost $10 and can be purchased with cash only at the event. All proceeds benefit three local charities in Maddie's Footprints, Habitat for Humanity, and Lane's Legacy. So come out today to eat some gumbo, help out local charities, and have some Halloween fun with the Realtor Association of Acadiana's annual gumbo cook-off. Ralph, what's up? Hey, man, uh, just real quick um, on this situation. Uh, look, I agree with you about, about Loomis and that I wouldn't call him a bad general manager, but but he really is what he is. He, he's a salary cap guy. And anybody who thinks that Sean Payton didn't sign off on every single draft pick that was made in his tenure is crazy because he did. He had he had final say so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's unfortunate. I've got an important call coming in. I'm sorry, guys. But that's just my take that, you know, the quarterback not drafting it, I'm putting that on Sean. But have a good one, man. Appreciate you, Ralph. We'll take a time out here. Jay Walker joins us next for Cajuns Corner here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Going deep downfield. He's got a receiver. It's caught. Touchdown, Louisiana. Can't get enough of the vermilion and white? Then you're in luck. Here is the Cajuns Corner with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker, on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Jay Bird, what's going on? I just, you know, it's it's almost uh, it's almost time to leave to go out of town. So hey, you know, let's get everything ready. Let's go. Well, let's talk about that. You know, coming off back to back wins over Marshall and Arkansas State, now you're going to a stadium, Jay, that historically has not been good for you. You haven't won in Hattiesburg yeah. since 1989, and that's the only time you've won there. Um, yeah, you know, the, I mean, the, the, the whole series has been lopsided. Of course, a lot of that was from way back when, but it's 39, 10 and one in favor of Southern Miss overall. But yeah, 89 is the only time they've ever won over at the rock. And I was fortunate enough to be there that day, but, um, look, Hattiesburg really hasn't been kind because usually not only has Southern Miss won historically, but they've won by pretty big margins. 
You know, talk about this team, you know, for the Cajuns, you know, like I just said, back-to-back wins, back to a winning record at 4-3, and three, kind of started to put themselves back in the mix for, for the Sunbelt West. You know, just kind of talk about the fight that they've shown to put themselves back in the conversation. Well, I think they got a ways to go before they can be in the conversation just by simple mathematics. But what has happened here is I think folks have looked at the Cajuns now and said, you know, they're to the point now where they can conceivably win these conference games that they have left. Um, even with that, you know, you, you, need, you need help uh, in order to make it happen. Winning out won't do it. Um, but they, you know, I mean, you know, what was, what was thought to be totally impossible after the, uh, the games against uh, ULM and South Alabama, I think now that, you know, uh, that the Cajuns are playing well, and they've won a couple. People are saying, well, you know, I need this. Well, it's not likely, but this could happen. So we'll see. Let's talk about Ben Woolridge. I mean, absolutely exceptional the last two weeks. Uh, had a great game against Marshall in his first career start, and then comes back to Cajun Field and throws a career-high 316 yards and ties a school record with five touchdowns. I mean, just talk about his performance and the way he's led this offense the last two weeks. Well, I, you know, I thought he did. I thought he did a solid job uh, against Marshall. I thought he was very, very good uh, against Arkansas State. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the Cajuns win both of those games. Now, you know, he was able to feast a little bit on Arkansas State because their top three defensive backs were all hurt and didn't play in that game, and so they were they were able to expose the lack of depth in that Arkansas State team. But that's not, you know, that enabled receivers to get open but the quarterback still got to make the good throw uh and uh and he did and you know there were very few passes in that game that were just yeah not you know not great throws that you missed him by a pretty good margin there weren't many of those he was he was right around all night looking at the defense you know they've They've done a good job of keeping the Cajuns in in a lot of games this season. They did a great job of controlling Arkansas State's offense, but you and I talked about this. James Blackman didn't play. Johnny Lang got hurt on the opening kickoff. So, I mean, injuries definitely played a factor there. But, I mean, you got to give credit to the defense. Defense has been good. And, um, you know, it's it, it, it really kind of carried this team while waiting for um, – for the offense to get it figured out specifically up front. And I, I think that, um, yeah, it's, it's been good. Um, it needs to continue to do good. You know, I'll tell you what I like about this league this year, Matt, is this is kind of a defensive league, especially in the West. You know, Troy and South Alabama are both really good defensively. Southern Miss has allowed negative rushing yards twice this year. Uh, the Cajuns are playing awfully well on the defensive side of the football. And if you look at the, at, at the other division, you've got a couple of teams there that play very good defense as well. That's made for some close games, some exciting games, and it's made for still not being able to figure out who the best team in this league is. Chatting with Jay Walker here on Cajuns Corner. You know, let's look, at, let's look to tomorrow night, that divisional matchup with Southern Miss. You know, again, a stadium that has not been kind to the Cajuns in years past. What do you expect from this matchup? Well, I don't expect the stadium to come, you know, jump out there and start knocking Cajuns over. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you know, we can talk about the history and the fact that the Cajuns haven't been good in Hattiesburg, but 
They haven't played. The last time they played in Hattiesburg, Mike Desermo was the senior quarterback. And um, so, you know, I, it, it's going to come down to the 11 guys on each side of the football. Uh, and, and I think it's a pretty even matchup. I think that uh, Southern Miss um, is, you know, they've got a very good back and Frank Gore, but they also have a natural freshman quarterback who's made some mistakes. Uh, defensively, they're really good. Uh, their front seven is is real good, and they got a couple of guys on the defensive line that can flat out play. Now, if you look at their defensive lineup, you know you see more guys saying "hotty toddy" than guys that are saying "to the top," because they've got about five guys uh, for, that are transfers from Ole Miss that are that are in the starting lineup defensively. Um, I think that there could be some plays to be made in the secondary. But I, um, but I, but I don't think it's a weak secondary. I think when teams have had success against Southern Miss, uh, it's been like that. But you know, this is, good, this is a defensive football game, and and it's going to um, turnovers, of course, play a, an integral part. But watch the kicking game in this game, Matt, because I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of uh, maybe a lot of punts in this game. And you need to be able to flip field position whenever you can. Because I don't know that either one of these teams is going to drive 80 yards against the other guy. I, 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 don't, I don't see it. Both, both defenses, I think, are too good. So um, watch for that. Watch for what's going on in the kicking game. I think it's going to be big. Let's talk about two players on offense that are going to be back for the Cajuns tomorrow night. Let's start with Chandler Fields. He'll be back in the rotation after – uh, that that upper body injury that he suffered over the last couple of weeks. You know, how do you see that being handled with the way the Ben's played the last couple of weeks? Well, you know, um, Coach Mike's already made it pretty clear that uh, that Ben is the guy. Uh, he said that he is not going to play Chandler this week unless he has to, mostly because he hasn't gotten very many reps, um, and and so they needed to to go ahead and work on that uh, and get his get his reps up, but. If uh, unless Ben is injured, um, you won't see Chandler uh, in the game this Saturday, and then we'll see what happens next Thursday uh, against Georgia Southern. I think if if Ben performs the way that he has been, um, I you know then Mike's got a decision to make, and I don't know which way he's going to go with it. And then Chris Smith coming back from that hamstring injury that he suffered against South Alabama, you know. Talking about the running game and how good Southern Miss is at stopping the run, how big is it to get a guy like Chris Smith back to maybe combat that? Well, I think the place where Chris Smith helps the Cajuns more than anything else is his ability to catch the football. Um, you know, they've missed that uh, the last couple of weeks with him out. Not that, not that they haven't had some guys out of the backfield that have caught passes, but you know, Chris can make something happen uh, coming out of the backfield as a receiver, and he's got very, very good hands. I think the, the, the big contribution he's going to make that'll make us see, wow, we haven't had that the last couple of weeks, I think it's not going to be between the tackles. I think it's going to be in his ability to catch the football and move the football that way. Wrapping up, Jay, you know, short weeks are always tough because, I mean, you step off the field Saturday night and you, you wake up the next morning and you go, oh, it's Tuesday of game week, got to get back to work. Uh, there's not a whole lot of time for for rest and recovery when you when you have a five day turnaround. You know, it when you go Saturday to Thursday, 
it's really, really hard because, you know, you win Saturday and then you kind of, you know, catch your breath on Sunday. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about me as much as everybody else, as much as football players or whatever. And then, you know, Monday comes and you're traveling on Wednesday and um, you haven't gotten anything done yet. So it, uh, it's hard going from a, a Saturday to a Thursday. Both teams are having to do it, though. So, you know, uh, I don't know that anybody's got an advantage, but I can tell you it's not easy. Not easy on the coaching staff, not easy uh, on the football players or the support staff or anybody else. Keys to victory tomorrow night. Oh, I think, I think we just went over it. I, I think the turnover margin and the kicking game. Uh, are going to be the keys. The team that wins those categories probably going to walk off the field really happy. And then lastly, uh, McDonald's has announced that the McRib will be back for, for a farewell tour. How many McRibs will you eat between now and the time that it's gone? None. I, I, I've had a McRib sandwich once, and that was enough. Oof. Jay Walker not showing love to the McRib. Now, look, there's a lot of things in the McDonald's menu I like a lot. The McRib is not one of them. Fair enough, fair enough. Jay, appreciate you. Have a safe trip to Hattiesburg. Have a great call. We'll talk next week. All right, thanks for having me. Go Cajuns. Tune in next week for another edition of Cajuns Corner here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. Who's ready to go 2-6 after they lose to the Raiders? I mean, let's be honest. This team sucks. It's terrible. God, your mood changed so much in 24 hours. It's awful because I can already tell you what the score is going to be. It's going to be like 33-29. You're going to be like, wow, Andy Dalton, he threw, they got two more touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Amazing. They got to within a score. Awesome. Because we've seen this story before where they get close late after sucking the first three quarters. Tell me how you really feel. Like, ooh, congrats. Andy Dalton looked somewhat okay in the fourth quarter. When we're seeing a cover four and everybody's trying to not make sure that you give up a 40-yard pass, of course the dink and dunks are going to be there and you're going to eventually score. It's the same excuse we saw when the Falcons were the same thing, but Jameis Winston actually completed the comeback. This guy. Look. Okay. Like, no matter what. No matter what. No, no, no matter what. It doesn't matter if Jameis is healthy at this point. The team is going to suck. We're going to see a little bit of hope. You might get three, four more wins, but at the absolute max, they're going to get to eight wins, and I don't even think that's all that realistic. Let me ask you this. Do you wholeheartedly believe that Jameis Winston is a long-term solution at quarterback? No. no. So then let me let me ask you this, and please do not cut my head off when I ask you this question. No promises. <laughs> Why do you defend him so hard? Because I've actually taken the time to see how it's all going down. Because I'm not looking strictly at the field. I'm looking at what he's done off the field. I've talked about it at nauseum before. The fact that he has made the changes. He swallowed his pride. He decided he wanted to take the time and actually learn under Drew and learn under Sean. He changed his life. 
He's he, he's stayed away from being that guy that he was in college and early in his career. People will never forgive him. That's just how some people are. I get it. And then there are just some people that hate him because he just went to Florida State. Whatever. That That's how you feel? Cool. But to me, the fact that he actually took his time to actually change his life, change how he is as a person, and took his time to be like, look, I know I've sucked the last few years. That 30-30 season, that was not pretty. But look, I think I can turn it around if I go to these guys. It actually looked promising, and then we got an ACL tear. So it, it got all screwed up, and then here's another thing. Notice how you got someone that has the potential to be a good quarterback, and it's looking that way because you're with an offensive-minded head coach. But now that you're on a defensive-minded head coach, it, it all the process goes away because Dennis well, Allen doesn't know how to work with quarterbacks. Because it doesn't fit. Exactly. It's like trying to fit a circle in a square. It doesn't work. But I, I still, it, it's still, I don't understand why you're so mad. It's a because I because I know what he can do in all the situations. But he can't do it here. Not anymore. No, not at this point. Under Sean Payton, yeah, he could have done it. Not under Dennis Allen, he can't do it. Not at this point, no. You don't have a quarterback. Because Andy Dalton... And that's why I'm saying it doesn't matter whether he's well, no, healthy I mean, or not. Either way, whether you have Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, you're not... If you get lucky enough to make it to the playoffs... No, you're not going to make it. The playoffs are out of the That's playoffs. why I'm saying if you get lucky enough to get to the playoffs, it's not like you're going to go very far. Yeah, the, pl- the playoffs are out of the question. It doesn't matter. Right, right and now... You're saying, and you're saying draft a quarterback. I could say the same ideology. You're talking about, like, stop throwing it deep if after the third attempt it's not working. Why do you think the Saints don't go for quarterbacks? They don't have trust in themselves to draft somebody. But that that's kind of what I'm getting at as being the problem. But you're saying you need to go draft somebody. Well, if you don't Because have- what else are you going to do? Suck? You try and you try to acquire one. Why do you think they went for Deshaun? Okay, but but who? Who, who are you? Who are you gonna get? You don't have money. You don't have money. How, you much, know, how much money do you think they have? You know the Saints are gonna walk into this offseason fifty-eight million dollars over the cap, right? And they always find a way to get out of it. Right. Let's push it down the road. We'll deal with it next year. We'll deal with it next year. That luck is going to run out. You have no money. You are broke. So what? You so what? You just draft a quarterback? If every offseason you have to sit down with ten to fifteen players and say, hey, let's Let's finagle your deal to where it looks like you're making less money. You're broke. So, yes, your only logical move is to take a hope and a prayer and hope that you land a gym in the draft. Woo! Love that. What else are you going to do? You can't afford anybody. That's why you didn't. Know, that's why you didn't end up with Deshaun Watson because you didn't have enough trade assets to even acquire him, or you didn't have enough money to offer him the contract that he wanted. That's why you didn't get Russell Wilson. That's why every free agent quarterback every offseason that the Saints maybe had a chance at, you couldn't go get because you didn't have enough cap room to afford them. 
It's the same song and dance. You're going to end up being 58 to 60 million over the cap. Loomis is going to work his magic to get you under, probably give you 15 to 20 million dollars worth of room so that you can go sign a Bradley Roby. But you're not going to get a quarterback for that. So yeah, you have to draft one, and that sucks. Because it, nine times out of ten, it's not going to work. But the Saints don't have any other choice. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two, we're going to start with David Eckert of the Hattiesburg American giving us a preview of the Golden Eagles and then Brendan Ertle at 530 with Who Dat Wednesday right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of Crunch Time here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. We are joined by David Eckert of the Hattiesburg American for a preview of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. David, what's going on, bud? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing well, doing well. So let's look at the Eagles, 4-3 and three so far on the season. Big win over Tulane earlier in the year. You know, just kind of walk me through the, the season up to this point. Yeah, it's been a season of, of ugly games. Um they win with defense, but the important part of that sentence is that they're winning, right? Um, they went three and nine last year in Will Hall's first season. Um, they're already up to four, as as you mentioned there. So you're seeing progress, which I think is was the objective this year, right? Like nobody thought that they're going to go win the Sun Belt, right? They they just they they needed to show some show some progress, and they're doing that. Um, they're playing with a true freshman quarterback in Zach Wilkie, who was not plan A coming into the season. Um, you know, Ty Keyes got, got hurt, um, and, and, and so they've had to call an audible there. But, you know, their, their defense is outstanding. They play really well on special teams. Like, their special teams units are just really good. Um, and so that equates to a lot of close football games. And last couple of weeks, They've, they've been able to, to eke out a couple wins in those close, close games. So I expect we'll see another game like that tomorrow. Let's talk about Will Hall. You know, spent some time here in Lafayette as the offensive coordinator in 2017. Now the the head coach of the Southern uh, of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And, you know, like you said, he's, he's kind of started to turn around the culture there in, in Hattiesburg. Just talk about Will Hall and the job he's done so far. Yeah, so – you know, he is an offensive guy, and you can tell that the fact that they're not playing offense very well right now grates on him. Um, but, you know, from, from a program-wide perspective, uh, it, it's night and day relative to last year, right? I mean, I think we talked about this when I was on with you preseason, but, um, you know, they, they had 62 scholarships last year, right? And then the NCAA limit is, is 85. So they're, they're up to their full complement. Um, they hit the portal really hard this off season. Um, ten Division One transfers, nine of them from SEC schools, and that defensive front that's been really good is, is made up of, of you know a majority transfers. So, yeah, I mean he's 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 done a good job. 
Um, he's recruiting well. He's just, uh, you know, the, that last piece is, is the offense. And I, I don't know if they have the personnel to get it going this year. Um, but, but that's kind of the, the last component to this rebuild that, that, you know, folks are waiting on here. Looking at the running back situation for the Golden Eagles, talk about Frank Gore Jr. Uh, I mean, a big name for obvious reasons um, because of the, the career that his father had. Uh, and, you know, Frank Gore himself, Frank Gore Jr. is, is carving out a, a name for himself. Talk about the year he's had. Talk about the career he's had in Hattiesburg and the things he's been able to do well for this offense. Yeah, he's been awesome, right? Just contributor from the start. Um, you know, this year, um, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. They had a couple games where they really just could not run the ball at all. Um, but it, it's been getting better lately. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me. I, I think he had 90 90 yards, 95 yards last week. Um, you know, the last three games, they've been able to run the ball much better. The offensive line has been able to open up some holes for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's really important because, to me, he's the piece that kind of keeps Zach Wilkie from getting teed off on by the opposing pass rush, right? Um, you know, you, you can't have a true freshman quarterback back there running for his life. That's not That's not a not a recipe for success. So um, to kind of negate the pass rush to keep defenses, defenses honest, you need Frank Gore um, to be effective uh, for you on the ground. And, and, and lately he has been. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's a good running back. He's, he's, he's tough. He's got a low center of gravity. He doesn't have blazing speed. Like, he's not going to take it around the edge untouched for, for 80 yards or anything, but he's going to get you five. Um, he's going to fall forward. And, you know, he's, he's a real asset for Southern Miss. You know, you talked about Ty Keyes going down at the quarterback spot. Zach Wilkie comes in, you know, true freshman, having an okay season. But, you know, the thing that really stands out, David, is the fact that he has more interceptions than touchdown passes. Uh, how, how does he kind of, you know, turn that turnover problem around? Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't think that's just a him problem. I think – they, they, the, the offense just isn't very functional right now. You know, you look at, um, you know, the, the, the three turnovers that he had at Texas State. On one, his arm got hit as he threw it. Um, another one was a bad read, his fault. And then the other one was a, a weird muffed exchange with uh, the backup running back, Janari Dean, and can't really tell who's at fault there. But in general, there's been a lot of, of, of turnovers, um, that are kind of the product of a system that isn't really working because I don't necessarily know that it has the personnel to right now. The offensive line is not very good. Um, it's better than last year when it was a total disaster, but it's still the furthest thing from an asset for Southern Miss right now. And, and, and Zach is still learning. Um, but you're right. I mean, look, Southern Miss turned the ball over nine times in their last three games. Like, that's, that's not going to get it done. Um, they're 2-1 and one somehow. In, in, in that sample. Um, but, you know, you can't continue to do that if you're going to win football games. So that's a major thing that I'll be watching because we know that the, the UL defense is, is really adept at forcing takeaways. So that's a major storyline for me tomorrow. One guy I'm watching on the Southern Miss offense, David, is Jason Brownlee at wide receiver. Talk about him, you know, the season he's had and just a great career that he's had at Hattiesburg. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a dude, right? He's, he's really good. 
that's you know that's the most simple way to put it. He's a big physical wide receiver. Um, he's he's good in possession. You know he can give you those little five yard thing, uh, routes that you need to keep drives going. He can give you explosive plays down the field, and he's really effective in the red zone. Uh, you know. The, the goal line fade to Jason Brownlee might be the only scenario where a goal line fade is an effective play, right? He, he just, he goes up and he gets it. So, um, that's kind of what he is. He's a big guy and he's going to outmuscle you. He's, he's, he's not the fastest. Um, but if you leave him in single coverage with a, you know, a 5'10, you know, 5'11 quarter, cornerback, that's, that's not going to work out well for you. You know, talk about this defense. You know, you look at it two games this season they've held their opponent to negative rushing yards um you know that's obviously the the, the storyline to look at for for tomorrow with the Cajuns having a history of being able to run the football uh but you know just the defense as a whole what do you what do you expect out of them what do you like out of them yeah they're really disruptive um you know they 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 are um I think they're top 10 I don't have the stats in front of me they're top 10 in the country in sacks. Um, they get a lot of negative plays. I think they had 12 tackles for loss in their last game. Um, they're, they're usually pretty adept at forcing turnovers, although that has, has kind of gone a little bit by the wayside in the last couple games. Um, Austin Armstrong is a really creative, um, really creative defensive coordinator, and he's another guy that you all will be familiar with over there. But, um, he does a really good job of mixing up the angles that the pressure comes from. Um, he's not going to all-out blitz all the time, but he's going to give you different looks um, and, and make that defense really unpredictable. Um, and then, as you mentioned, they, their front line um, is really deep. They can rotate in and out pretty much at will there, and it's it's just they've got some really good really good players up there. Um, guy like Dominic Quiwan, he's got seven sacks. And he plays pretty much exclusively on third down, maybe a third of the team snaps as a whole. And, and you know, he's sitting up there with seven sacks for seven games. Um, you know, a guy like Quentin Bevins, really good. So they've got some, some, some excellent athletes up front, um, some experience at the back end, and that kind of sets the foundation for the whole thing. Chat with David Eckert of the Hattiesburg American. David, it's been 29 years since the Cajuns have beaten Southern Miss. It's been 33 years since the Cajuns have won a game in Hattiesburg. Do you see that continuing tomorrow night? Yeah, I, I picked I picked the Cajuns in this game. Um, you know, I just the, the the Southern Miss turnover problems are a real issue for me. Um, and, and look, they, they've managed to overcome it recently. I just I don't necessarily view that that's a sustainable thing. Um, you look at the quarterback play um, that that the Cajuns have gotten in the last couple couple weeks there with Wooldridge. Um, seems like maybe they found their guy. Um, I know uh, I, I know they're kind of playing coy on who the starter is going forward, but um, between between that and I guess the turnover problems that Southern Miss has had, I, I, I picked Louisiana, but I think it's going to be a a really close game. It'll be another one possession coin flip kind of game, I think. Talking about this matchup, a, a primetime game tomorrow night in Hattiesburg on national TV. Uh, Southern Miss has canceled all classes for tomorrow. You know, how excited is not only the university, but the entire community of Hattiesburg for, for this contest in, in, in primetime? 
Yeah, you can you can feel the excitement, no doubt, um, no doubt about it. So it should be an event, right? And, and you know that that's what big football games should feel like, um, not just a football game and a community event. Um, and, and and it's big for Southern Miss too. I mean, these uh, you know ESPN two games on on a weeknight where there's not that much competition. I mean, that's a big reason why Southern Miss is in the Sun Belt. So you know this is what they wanted. And, and they're getting it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be the first time in a long time that Southern Miss has had a home game on linear television um, outside of that 2020 year where, you know, you can't really showcase your environment because there's nobody there. So, um, you know, really big opportunity for, for them from a, from a community and, and football program showcase perspective, I think, uh, coming on coming tomorrow. No question. You know, wrapping up, you you talked about a, a couple of things that you feel like Southern Miss needs to do in order to win this game. But if you could just kind of elaborate on that again, give me some keys to victory uh, for the Eagles tomorrow night. Yeah, they got to hang on to the football um, somehow. They got to figure out a way to stop the bleeding there. Um, you might see um, some Superback, which is their Wildcat. Um, you know, just trying to to run the ball and and limit the opportunities to do that. They've got to um, get the ball in the hands of their playmakers, somebody who we haven't talked about, who's been really good for them in the last couple of weeks, is a true, a true freshman wide receiver, Ty Mims, and in the slot. Um, he's, he's just super explosive. He's instantly become their most explosive asset on offense. So get him the ball, get the ball to Jason Brownlee, and then on defense, it's do more of the same, right? I mean, can they – continue to dominate on defense right um because that's that's what they need right now to be totally honest um they need dominant defensive performances to win games and they've been getting them so um for me those are kind of the three things that i would that i would list and then lastly uh mcdonald's has announced that the mcrib is back um but it's going on a farewell tour of of sorts are you getting a mcrib before it goes away (laughs) forever you know, I'm staying as far away from the McRib as I possibly can. You know, I'm ne- I've never been a McRib guy. Now I've got a bunch of allergies to stuff. Like, I think I'm, I might end up in a casket somewhere if I put a McRib in my body. I have to be honest. So, um, no McRibs for me. That's fair. <laughs> I, I prob- I'm probably going to agree with you. I think I'm going to stay away from it myself. Uh, David Ecker joining us from the Hattiesburg American. David, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night and uh, when basketball and baseball rolls around we'll talk to you again sounds great man looking forward to it and there he goes David Eckert of the Hattiesburg American if you want to be one of the first people to see Black Panther Wakanda forever then text Panther to 337-283-8100 for your chance to win a spot for two on the guest list for a private viewing of Black Panther Wakanda forever at Celebrity Theaters in Broussard on November the 10th once again text Panther to 337-283-8100 to win tickets for Black Panther Wakanda Forever brought to you by The Game, Celebrity Theaters, and Sherman Insurance. We'll take a time out, bring you more crunch time, and I'm sure more of a Saints debate here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just washed the hair. You know, I worked on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. 
Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 21 after the hour here on your Who Dat Wednesday. Look, I'm, I'm going to say it again. The Saints have shot themselves in the foot with the way that they have handled this. If Jameis Winston is healthy, you paid him $28 million, Jameis Winston should be playing quarterback for you. However, I do understand that he may not be 100% healthy right now, which is why I'm not 100% against Andy playing one more week. But come Monday night against the Ravens, if Jameis is healthy, I want Jameis Winston playing quarterback. Now, again, not me saying Jameis Winston is a long-term solution because he's not. I don't know that I want him on the roster after this season. But he's what you got because I don't want Ian Book back. And, I mean, where where else are you going to go? There, there's nowhere else to turn. Jake Luton? Yikes. Like, the, you, you don't have anybody. Who knows? Maybe maybe the Patriots will, will give you Bailey Zappi for a third rounder. I don't I don't know. But I mean that I'm I'm kidding. I'm not being like a hundred percent there. Obviously the Patriots are not gonna look to get rid of Bailey Zappi. But the the point is is that the Saints are gonna have to do something long term at quarterback. Because I mean, look at teams in recent memory that have just kind of plugged quarterbacks in and, oh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Has it worked? Name me one. Because it hasn't. And it doesn't. You need continuity. You need consistency with your quarterback. The best teams in the league have had long-term quarterbacks. They just have. Look at Buffalo. Josh Allen's been your starter. I want to say this is year number four now. Patrick Mahomes, same thing. Aaron Rodgers has been there in eternity. Tom Brady has been in the league in eternity. Dak Prescott has been a long-term starter in Dallas. Jalen Hurts is just kind of an anomaly. Uh, Lamar Jackson has been the starter for multiple seasons now. So on and so forth. The best teams in the league have continuity at quarterback. And the Saints do not, and that is why they're 29th in the NFL. Now, I saw something on Twitter earlier that I find absolutely disturbing, and it relates to the Eagles acquiring Robert Quinn. Even after trading for Robert Quinn today, C.J. Gardner-Johnson in the offseason and both A.J. Brown and Jordan Davis on draft day. The Eagles still have six picks in the 2023 NFL draft, including two firsts and two seconds. Woof. That's brutal. Not brutal for the Eagles. It's fantastic for the Eagles. That is brutal for everyone else. Philadelphia might not win a world championship in baseball this year, but uh, they might win one in football. 
in a couple years. They keep this core together. That is that is disturbing. Uh, Matt Ryan, you know, what what, what, what you going to say? That dude got benched, and he's done. The Colts are turning to Sam Ellinger now. We didn't get to talk about that much yesterday. Uh, Matt Ryan's not even the backup. He's the third string. Nick Foles is going to take the backup duties for Sam Ellinger. Um, Mac Jones, the Patriots announced, will start on Sunday in a in a surprising move. I'm not sure if maybe Bill Belichick felt that Mac wasn't 100% healthy on Monday night. And that's why they, they went back to Zappy. But uh, Mac Jones will be the starter for the Patriots going forward. Sam Ellinger will be the starter for the Colts going forward. That's surprising to to say and, and even discuss. But plain and simple, the Saints have a lot of issues. And we, we spent a lot of time on the quarterback conversation because the quarterback's the most important position on the team. But we haven't we didn't spend nearly enough time on the on the issues on defense. I mean, let's look at the defense. Marcus Davenport. You traded up to get, and he has done nothing for you. Nothing. Uh, Cam Jordan has been a cornerstone. However, he's 33 years old. Look look at interior. David Onyemata, been okay. Has flashes. Wouldn't call him a franchise cornerstone. Carl Granderson, kind of the same thing. Malcolm Roach. I mean, guys have talent, but they're not studs. Okay, let's go to the linebacker court. Demario Davis, fantastic. Absolute stud. Pete Warner, fantastic. Absolute stud. Caden Ellis? That dude's a special teamer that you needed him to step up. That's bad. You don't have linebacker depth behind Warner and... Demary Davis. And now let's let's go to the secondary. Well, let's have that conversation, shall we? Marshawn Lattimore. An all-pro corner if he's playing Mike Evans. Tyron Matthews making business decisions, not tackling, being subpar in coverage. Paulson Adebo has been absolute pond water getting burned like your asphalt on the 4th of July. Looking for a, a, a simile there. But Alante Taylor has done some good things for you, but he's only a rookie. Marcus May, still not healthy enough to know really what he's capable of doing. And then everybody else, again, just kind of, eh. P.J. Williams has been hurt so much. J.T. Gray, special teamer. Bradley Roby, again, been okay. Now he's injured. Like you, you get the point here. Nobody outside of two players have stood out, have made a difference. You know, you, you can look at Demario Davis, you can look at Pete Warner, you can look at Cam Jordan – as three guys that have contributed. Who else? Going forward, 
I mean, half of those guys that I named are above the age of 28. Then what? The future looks awfully bleak for the Saints. We are far from the days of being Super Bowl contenders. And I was dead wrong because I thought we might be one this year. I was dead wrong. You have no coaching. You have no continuity at quarterback. You have no healthy weapons outside of Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara. Your offensive line has played peaks and valleys all season long. There's a game where they're great. There's a game where they're trash. Up and down, up and down, up and down. And then your your defense, which was supposed to be you know, the anchor of the team that kept you in games, has been the exact opposite of that. They've blown games for you. So, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it earlier. If, if the Saints get to 7-10, and 10, I might have to call that a success. Really and truly, we might have to call that a, su- a success. And that's scary to think about. It really, really is. But again, I digress. We'll talk about it more in this next segment with Brendan Ertle for Who Dat Wednesday. It's been a Saints-heavy show throughout the day today. As a reminder, you can tune in tonight from 6 to 7 for the McNeese Coaches Show presented by Maplewood Burgers, Line of Bed out of Westlake, and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Jim Gazzola will be talking all things Cowboys. Tonight is the McNeese Coaches Show. We'll be broadcasting from the Maplewood Burgers at 4453 Nelson Road. So tune in tonight starting at 6 for the McNeese Coaches Show right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hopefully the uh, the, the Cowboys can can find some winning ways because they need some. They need some help in, uh, in, in Lake Chuck, no question about it. We'll take a timeout when we return. Who that Wednesday with Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. He's going to go. Touchdown, Saints. Who's ready for some New Orleans Saints talk? We are. Here is Who That Wednesdays with Canal Street Chronicles' Brendan Ertle on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. What's up, Brennan? Welcome to the Misery Show down here. Thanks for having me. I'm more than happy to, to be miserable with you guys. Let's at least talk about something positive. I mean, it, it feels, though, as at least when it comes to New Orleans, they're kind of cursed in a way. I mean, if the Saints are good, Pelicans absolutely stink. If the Pelicans are good, the Saints are utter trash. I mean, you, you just can't have the cake and eat it, too, it seems like. No, you you really can't, and it, it, it's kind of a shame that we can't have both good things at once. But you know, uh, that's the way New Orleans living. We're, we're used to that. We're used to you know adversity and things like that. But you know, LSU is playing pretty good too. So I, I think we have two out of the three going for us. I mean, at least and Tulane as well. So yeah, I mean that's fair. But <laughs> <laughs> Matt and I we were talking about this earlier and. I want to know, how, would you go this far? Because it's not looking too great, even though the it's not looking good for the playoffs, even though the division is utterly terrible as well. But are you blowing everything up at this point if they don't make the playoffs and try and get out of cap hell and just hit a big reset button? Are you doing that? 
Um, I, I would love to do that. I don't think they can. And, I mean, it would really take uh, probably some miracles at that to, to get like out of this hole uh, entirely and try and get into, into the positives moving forward. But, yeah, they've, they've spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of money that they don't have. They've pushed a lot of money down the road. And I know a lot of people want uh, changes. They want trades. And it's just at this point, it doesn't really make sense for them. And um, I think if if, it, if a team like, you know, the Eagles and the Bears today, and they figured something out where they will absorb some of Robert Quinn's cap and uh, take that on, I, if they could find a partner like that, then, yeah, I think it, it is possible to do something like that. But just at this point, you know, no one's going to be trading for Andrews Pete with that with that contract and injury questions that he has. And uh, I just think it's going to be hard to get out of that. I, I don't know if they necessarily completely blow it up, but there d- what definitely will need to be changes. And that starts with, you know, the head coach on. And I'm not saying that he needs to be gone, but there needs to be changes for sure. Yeah, because I'm not blowing this up. I mean, I would get rid of some people. Like, I'm about to ask you about a couple of them. But to, <laughs> to trade a bunch of key pieces and just say, we're, we're hitting a complete reset by trying to trade Alvin Kamara and trying to trade Marshawn Lattimore and trying to trade other pieces like that that you just you just recently signed. It, mm-hmm. It's going to be impossible because if you get rid of them, the same thing with like Michael Thomas or Ryan Ramsey. Yeah. If you try to get rid of them, it's going to be a huge dead cap that you're not going to be able to recover from. But without a quarterback, none of it means anything. If you yeah. don't have a quarterback to lead the offense, I don't care if you've got Deion Sanders in the secondary. It does you no good. Yes, yes. Um, I think there's more avenues than than we than we can see at this point to, to find that next guy. I mean, we, none of us thought Jalen Hurts was going to become the guy that, that he did become, and he wasn't a first-round pick. Um I, I don't even remember when he got picked in the second or third round. It has to have been second. Um, and you know, there's situations out there like Jimmy and Jimmy and Trey. There's the Mac Jones of the world. It's not you're not going to get you know a, a Patrick Mahomes in free agency, but uh, you know there's a guy out there uh, in Baltimore that doesn't like his situation. He's frustrated. These there's clips out there of him saying he can't stand his offensive coordinator. So I, I think. You do change a lot of things, but I do agree with you. The quarterback of the future is not on this roster. It's not anywhere close to this roster. And uh, I don't think that any quarterback on the roster currently should be in the team next year um, in any kind of role besides Taysom Hill. But do you tr- do you trust what the Saints can do? Because they don't draft quarterbacks very often. And when they do, when do they ever work? They've only drafted one quarterback in the first round in their history. Mm-hmm. Well, and he turned if, out to be a legend. Just saying. If it continues to go downhill, we can get uh, the other Manning, I guess. <laughs> Arch. Oh boy. But that's but that's <laughs> four, the jury. That's the four jury, years away, though. The jury's so, still out on that as well because everybody's yeah, so hyped yeah. on him. But that that could just as easily just fall apart. Yeah, and I I think uh, to Matt's point, um, it it's we 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 need a quarterback, but. There, that's not the main issue right now. There's there's lots of other issues that we need to address that need to be fixed. And even if we had Patrick Mahomes, I mean, this team wouldn't be seven and zero. You know, like there's there's other issues that this team has that need to be fixed. That, um, you know, if you get the quarterback in the future tomorrow, 
still got tons of issues. Yeah. And talking about trades, there are a couple that I think they're very realistic that we could see be moved on. And one of them, Marcus Davenport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be one I would, I would entertain for sure. I think he's an interesting one. And like Matt and I were talking about today, uh, Robert Quinn was just traded for a fourth, and he is 32 years old, but I don't justify uh, that compensation. Uh, Davenport a lot younger, and at this point still on his quote-unquote rookie deal, uh, so they could extend him in w- whatever trade packages that they would like. But I think that you could get maybe something a little bit higher than a fourth uh, that would save you a decent, I know, a little bit of cap space, and you have guys on the roster that, Attention! You to step up. You know, you drafted Peyton Turner. You hope that he can become something. You have other guys like Carl Granderson, and Tanya Passing. You're like, you can survive a hit like that. But if a team calls and uh, they're offering you a fifth or a sixth, I don't know if you really take that. Um, just because if if he leaves in free agency, he's probably going to get a big contract elsewhere, and you get the comp pick um, probably because they're not going to be spending much money uh, next off season. Uh, if, if he did leave. So uh, I still think there are some guys on this roster that could potentially get traded. But Dennis Allen said today that they're always looking at other teams to improve the roster. But if improving the roster means dishing someone else and getting a draft pick, then I'm all for it. Yeah. And another one is Deontay Hardy. I mean, he was liking people's comments on Twitter saying like, hey, it's been real, man. And I mean, yeah. to me, it makes sense since he hasn't been healthy. It doesn't feel like he's been all that great this year. He's starting to actually fumble on, on returns. And then we're actually seeing a diamond in the rough with Rashid Shaheed. It's just they don't get on the ball except for one time a game. And it's weird how that one time he scores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the hard thing about Deontay Hardy is, I mean, he's hurt. He's injured goods, hasn't put a good film out there this year and recently, honestly. And I feel like at times – uh, there was a belief that I thought he just wasn't didn't wasn't putting his best foot out there, but I think he was at times trying to do too much because the, the, there was problems with the offense, there was issues elsewhere. So he's trying to overcompensate, and he just needs to know his role and just do what he does best. And uh, I haven't seen that for a little bit. I, I don't know if they could get anything trade value wise once he does come off IR or is healthy. Um, but yeah, that is someone I could see for sure. I think the the number one guy I'm looking at right now is. Uh, Marquez Callaway and interest uh, the Packers have had in uh, wide receivers. It's been it, it'll be interesting to see if you know Packers call Stanton and be like, "Yo, uh, a day three pick for Marquez. What do you think?" And I, I think that'd be a, a good deal for both sides, honestly. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you get like a fifth or sixth for either for for Hardy, and then if you're lucky enough, if you get a fourth for Callaway, I, I think that's a solid win because then. That's just one less receiver you would have to potentially worry about. But moving on from off the field, let's look at on the field. I mean, Kamara has zero touchdowns at this point, and it feels like he is way overdoing it. At some point, he's got to score. Yeah, I, I, he will. He'll score eventually. I, I think the main thing about him is he had good games. He's had good you know, statistical games. Uh, the Saints offense in the red zone period hasn't been able to score, so... When they can't do that, Kamara is not going to be very effective. And when they do, it's because it's a taste of power play, and that makes a lot of sense for, for Pete to call that play because it's so successful in that area. So uh, I, I, I just want a more focused approach of, hey, 
It's second and, and, and goal. Uh, we have a huge tendency of running the ball on second down. Let's switch it up. Let's hit him with you know, a Camara pass in the flat and see what he can do because he's so good at that. Or uh, let's do a first and first and uh, first and goal pitch with Camara like they used to do, like the little fake pitch pitches, and just get him in space and give your guy the ball, give him a chance because it feels like when we get in that zone, it's just forcing passes and forcing runs out. Won't have much success and don't have much success. And then let's it's like let's just get close enough to give Taysom Hill a shot at powering this thing in. So I think they need to do a better job, um, honestly, on both sides of the 20. But I think from 25 to 25, they've done a pretty decent job these past couple of games. Just need to clean up the little things. Yeah, looking at a Raiders player in Josh Jacobs, I mean, he's been an absolute monster this week, even though I didn't anticipate that because we had heard about reports of him being – he was playing in the Hall of Fame game as a starter for multiple drives, and usually when you see that, that's a sign that they don't trust him, and then there were even reports that, hey, I mean, they move on, they might move on from him, but all of a sudden he's scoring, what, two touchdowns a game, and if you have, if you have him in fantasy, I mean, you're absolutely killing it. Yeah, he was a guy that I, I honestly stood away from um, in, in terms of fantasy uh, and all my drafts because they, he did have that question mark going into the year, and uh, obviously they signed the Patriots OC to be their coach, and we know Patriots teams like to run multiple guys. They don't have a main focus of one power yeah. back, and it seemed like he was in the doghouse for a little bit there and um, wasn't playing all that great before that season. Uh, you know, he had he had his moments, had his had his games, but never really had a season where you're like, dang, like this dude, this dude's legit. Uh, but this year he's doing it, and it's impressive what he's done these past three weeks and in a contract year. I mean, it, he couldn't ask for a better situation, but. That's what scares me about this team is a few weeks ago I circled this lineup and uh, and this game and it's like yeah this this is going to be a hard game in the secondary for us because they have a bunch of guys who can uh, can kill you Darren Waller Devonte Adams Hunter Renfro uh, all those guys are deadly and now I'm sitting here saying can we stop the run and that's something the Raiders haven't done particularly you know amazing these past couple seasons and now they're doing it uh, they're relying on it so. And that's something that we haven't been able to stop. Uh, you know, Eno Benjamin just ran all over us last week. So uh, I'm definitely concerned about that matchup. Yeah, I mean, and looking at the Raiders as a whole, what other than the run game would you say worries you the most about this matchup on Sunday? See, there's a lot of things that they, they do well. One week, I've watched this team a lot. And uh, they do some things really well one week, and then next week it's like uh, – kind of inconsistent i think they're in a very similar position as us where they feel like their record should be flipped and they probably should have beat beat the chiefs in that that one primetime game we watched there's other games that they should have won like they should have beat the cardinals and had a mental breakdown late in that game uh but defensively i i think that they're pretty solid uh they've had some switches in and out of their their secondary kind of like us and i think jonathan abram missed today with an illness but uh I don't think he'll have any concern about not playing. Uh, but, yeah, they've had some concern in the back end with, with injuries and other injuries elsewhere like like Waller, uh, like like Perriman. But the real thing that kind of scares me is is Max Crosby, and I think he's one of the best uh, defensive ends in this league right now. He's playing really, really well, and he's one of those guys that can really ruin, ruin a game at any given moment. And they have a few of those guys on that team that can rush the passer pretty well and 
Um, yeah, the, I think the offensive line's been pretty good, but if we can't run the ball very well, then it's going to be a very long game if, if they can. So, uh, got to stop the run. Got to stop Devontae Adams somehow without Marshall Lattimore, uh, without Bradley Roby. And, I mean, just hope and pray you can score enough points. Yeah, well, we'll only be able to see. But one more for you. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter, but the McRib is reportedly making one last run, and I throw that in air quotes. Are you going to do one more ride or get one more McRib before it's supposedly gone forever? I've actually never, ever had a McRib. Really? Yeah, I think that's probably why um, uh, I, I blame you guys for all the, the, the Saints rib injuries this year, if you guys are eating those. <laughs> well, it's only like a seasonal item, so I mean, but it it, it is it's my favorite, so I'm pretty devastated that it's going to be gone. I, I can't believe that I'm stuck in Oregon and you guys are in New Orleans and you guys talking about a McRib. Hey, well, is there something special that's over there? Heck, no. There's nothing over here. <laughs> you guys have some special stuff at every stop. Hey, that means you got to come down here more often. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, uh, but I appreciate you, Brandon. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Yes, sir. See you guys. Tune in next week for another edition of Hoodat Wednesdays here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Start NFL Week 8 off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. A parlay that I made is the Ravens' money line, the over on Lamar Jackson's rushing yards, and then a Mike Evans' anytime touchdown. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet on the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with promo code KLWB if you don't already have an account. But if you're with FanDuel, you're all set. Just sign in and see what you got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana permitted parishes only. Three-plus leg minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max free bet $5. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. About a minute and a half left in today's show. Tomorrow, I will be live at Westminster Christian Academy as Westminster hosts St. Edmunds tomorrow in the St. Landry Parish Game of the Week. Myself and Chad Jones will bring you that game on Newstalk 98.5. Pre-game at 6.45. Kickoff is at 7. Uh, we will talk about the Philadelphia Phillies before they take on the Houston Astros in Game 1 of the World Series on Friday. We will talk about the LSU Tigers, the Cajuns, the Saints, and anything you want to get to, you can still hit us up on the hotline, 337-706-0111 if you have a topic that you want to get to in tomorrow's show. We'll also preview Thursday night football between the Cajuns and Golden Eagles and in the NFL with the Bucks and the Ravens. But that is going to do it for today's edition of Crunch Time. I want to take this opportunity to thank all three of our guests today. Jay Walker joining us for Cajun's Corner before he heads out to Hattiesburg. David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American taking us behind enemy lines of sorts 
for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles and then Brendan Ertle joining us for Who Dat Wednesday each and every Wednesday throughout the football season. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. You have been listening to the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Same time tomorrow, same station. Jim Gazzola with the McNeese Coaches Show live from Maplewood Burgers is coming up next.